Welcome to How to Scale, the podcast by Frog Capital focused on helping software companies to successfully scale up. For more than 10 years, we have developed a solid understanding of the common challenges that scale-up companies face. With our group of operating partners, who have learned from years of experience, we have created the Scale-Up methodology, which brings together insights and tools to help improve companies' probability of reaching sustainable profitability. Each podcast looks at a different challenge that all companies will face on their way to scale. My name is Jens Düring. I'm one of the senior partners at Frog Capital, the investor focused on purpose-driven European software companies in the scale-up phase. Over the last 20 years, my own personal journey has led me to work in this space, challenging the status quo to identify better ways to tackle problems. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up for the podcast at frogcapital.com slash podcast. Today's episode is focused on senior team development in the real world with John Sutherland. John is one of Frog's operating partners and is a specialist leadership team development consultant. He works with the companies Frog invests in to assess their senior teams, assist with new key hires and develop team culture. In our conversation, we will discuss the common pitfalls in team development and what strong teams do to address them. We cover topics including diversity, dealing with different styles and approaches, and how leaders can evaluate their own behavior, team dynamics, and the fit with the business strategy and purpose continuously. John, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. One topic that is critical for all scaling software teams, teams that have got a product in the market that has a product market fit, is to actually build out the senior management team. You've worked with senior management teams over decades. What are the common pitfalls you see in scaling senior management teams? It is absolutely critically important to pay attention to how you build capability within your senior team. And it's really hard to do when you're busy trying to scale a business because all hell is breaking loose. There's so much to attend to. Where do you put your focus? But giving yourself 5% of your time to think about how you develop the team strength pays massive dividends in the future, as we both know so well. The pitfalls are as follows. The first one is making sure that you actually have a team where there's some difference inherent inside the team. So what often happens, especially at startup, is that you may be recruiting your friends from a university days or people you've gone through something else with, and you typically choose people that you, you like, that you get on well with, which is a classic mistake. And so if you can begin to understand yourself, the very first job to do is to make sure that you hire people who are the opposite of you. So if you are highly talkative, gregarious, like fresh ideas, think risks are wonderful things, you definitely need somebody who's going to slow you down, be very methodical, attention to detail, and generally be boring compared to how you work. You need that balance because teamwork is a different engine and diversity is the fuel. So the very first point is to make sure that you bake into your team fundamental different perspectives so that later on you can go and harvest the benefit that you get from having different perspectives on the team. Point number one. Point number two is to actually pay attention to how you work as a team. So people often talk about business processes and there are books and books on business processes, but people don't talk about teamwork processes. And when you think about teams, they typically have two processes. One is the 
go around the table and take it in turn to speak. And the other one is that they don't. So they just randomly do stuff. But when you think about a team and leading the business, there's a whole range of different tasks they have to do from project updates to strategic discussions to decision making to thinking about marketing, how to really drive sales channels. They all require subtly different ways of working as a team. And you'd never say to a sports team, well, you've got one way of getting the ball towards the goal, that will do. We're used to people talking with teams about how they play, how they pass the ball. The very idea of team formation comes into sports. It's just the same with business teams. Teams have to pay attention to the way they work and to be able to intentionally change the way they work based on the task in front of them. And then the third thing is to think about the lovely link between individual development and team development. So when we go and look at a team together, Jens, we're always asking that same question, which is, yeah, sure, we can take a snapshot in time of the individuals and the team performance right today, but actually we're in for the long term. So how is this team going to evolve over the time? How is the team going to grow at the same pace and trajectory as the business? And so the third factor is to think about trajectory. To think about, okay, so here she is, she's working really well in her COO role. How are we going to support her to make sure that she is continuing to grow at the same pace as the business? And here we are as a team, and we are facing today's challenges, but we know coming down the track at us is what's going to happen when we successfully scale up. This is the world we're going into, so we'd better get ready now. Let's get into training to be a team that's working at this level in the future. Fantastic. So if I were to summarize that, we're talking about the individual diagnosis, the teamwork, and then the evolution. How do you go about diagnosing the status quo? What are the things you're looking out for? What are the normal and common surprises you see in there? So the way that we do this at Frog, as you know, is that we go through a diligence process with teams, and it follows a very simple logic, which is that we ask the question, what is the business looking to achieve? And to what degree do they already have the individual team and organizational leadership they're going to need to be successful? Because different businesses, of course, have different business plans. They have different markets. They have different requirements. Some are trying to grow very rapidly in one area. Some are trying to grow more diversely across a wider population, or maybe in multiple markets. And so the challenges inherent for each team are different. So the first question is, what is the business looking to achieve? And therefore, what's the team going to need in order to be successful? Then the second thing we do is we always do a psychometric. And we do this at Frog as well. We yeah. think about ourselves. We make absolutely certain that in our Frog team, we have baked in diversity in our own team. And we look for that also being replicated in the businesses that we work with alongside, invest in. So we do a psychometric, which provides one source of useful data about what we have in the teams in terms of diversity. And then I, I typically run an in-depth interview. And not just, well, what's the CV tell us, but what is the trajectory of this person? Is this, for example, a serial entrepreneur? Is this somebody who's going to do this for four or five years, take the learning from that, and then do it again? Might we choose to want to have a long-term relationship with this person based on their trajectory? Or is this somebody who is going to be here for the next three or four or five years and then want to move and do something completely different, maybe try a different role? 
Uh, so we think about the route they're going through as individuals. And then the third thing I do uh, is I see them working as a team. Mm -hmm. So you see these marvellous people and you meet her and she thinks, and she presents really strongly. But somehow something happens when she's working with her colleagues. And so you get a different slice of data when you begin to think about people in the context of the team dynamic. And one thing that we do at Frog, which I don't see replicated elsewhere, is our due diligence work is deliberately both individual and team. Mm -hmm. And as you know so well, you can have five or six fabulous senior people running a business, but they don't know how to organize themselves as a team. And conversely, you can have a team who get on really well, seem to be mates, but they don't have the matched individual strengths they need for success. And so we want to have both, and how we do our due diligence at Frog is to make sure we look through that lens. And then the other thing we do is we look at the team from my perspective, because I'm the in-house psychologist, and as you said, I'm very familiar with doing team reviews. I've done in excess of 350. But we also look at it from your perspective. Mm -hmm. So you've seen a lot of businesses, and usefully, we see different things, yeah, which is fantastic. And then we see it from the other operating partners' perspectives, whether it's sales or technology. So we are deliberately assembling a view from different perspectives. And the robustness of our ability to review a team is predicated on the fact that we actually look deliberately from multiple perspectives. Yeah, and I have to say that was a massive step change for us. Let me introduce this, because it gives us, first of all, a bigger body of evidence to work with, and also a bigger body of evidence to, to discuss with your teams out there. Mm. I have to say one of the most surprising elements for me personally has been to see your own preference and the strength of them and then to understand how a different approach is a different strength. Mm. And then perhaps the surprise was that knowing these differences gave us a language to appreciate the differences. Yes. Is that something that you see elsewhere as well? There's a fundamental step that people take sometimes in their 30s, if they're lucky, which is to come to the realization that my particular approach to how I do work is my particular approach to how I do work. And it isn't a requirement that everybody else does it the same way as me. Shock horror. And so the fact that, well, here we are in the room, you and I are very different. Um, yeah. And we know each other's profiles and we know each other's strengths. And therefore, if we think about your particular strengths, which are, are primarily about rationality and structure, I am far less structured than you. And so I see things in a more iterative way by nature. And so we play to those differences. Yeah. You don't try to drag me into being Jens, thank goodness, because <laughs> I'd be a very poor Jens. And I don't try and pull you over to my side to be more of a John. That wouldn't work. And so we play to that difference. To get to the point of maturity where, as a team, and especially as a CEO, you recognize that there's a real value in having people who are not like you is a major step forward. And people often do that externally when they're thinking about their customers. Mm -hmm. So they recognize that I need to be different with this customer yeah. because they're more formal, they're more structured, maybe they have a particular background in law or something. And so I know how to adjust myself externally, but I don't do the same thing when I'm working internally, and nor do I yet see the value of doing that. There's a wonderful richness in diversity. And now that we have a senior management team that understand their own personal preferences, do you work with them together to help them understand each other's preferences? And how do these conversations usually go? 
and perhaps also what can go wrong in those conversations? Well, the model that we use at Frog, as you know, which is the team management profile, gives a very clear graphic presentation of the different preferences that are around in a team, the ones that are important. Uh, and so usually it's quite transparent to people mm. what the differences actually mean. And often it's a light bulb moment for them. And yeah. they say, oh, actually, that is, that is useful, isn't it? Oh, that's why you're like that. I thought you were just being difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the trick is to actually help them do three things. So the first one is the thing I call the observer self. Mm -hmm. So the observer self is the ability that everybody needs in a business, including the senior team, which is the ability to watch myself. What is it that you do that hooks me? Why do I get frustrated by this about you or excited by this about you? If I can learn to watch myself, I can learn to make sure that I contribute fully and fairly in a distress-free way to our work together. That's the first switch. And there's my ability to watch the team. And so having understood about the individual differences between us, my next task, which is a level up, is to think about how the team is operating, actually getting the benefit of those differences. And so at Frog, again, we make sure that we have the whole round of preferences and differences available to us mm -hmm. so that when we're contending, we do so from different perspectives. But it takes a different skill when you're working together as a team to have one part of your brain just back a little bit watching how the team's operating. And that's a skill that we like to develop with our portfolio. Mm -hmm. So they begin to become useful at not only being part of the team, but also monitoring how the team's working, a player manager. And then the third one is the ability to think about what the business needs from the team. So here we are working as a team. We're making really good progress in how we're working together. Let's make sure that the leadership that we're providing for our business is absolutely aligned with our North Star, our purpose, our business plan, what we're looking to achieve. How are we leading the organization at whatever stage or scale up we've got to? And now that we have seen the teams get the feedback and hopefully appreciate the difference in diversities, or more likely even blind spots, what are good teams doing about addressing those things? People don't really have time to go off-site and sit in the hotel somewhere with a me-type person and talk about team development. That's, that's hard to do. But what you can do, which is actually more successful, is to recognize that we have these key tasks in our business plan and to then focus the team development work around the delivery of those key tasks. And so team development in the real world is making sure that actually team development is part and parcel of business as usual. And it may be as simple as taking three minutes at the end of an important senior team meeting to review what was effective, what worked well, what will be changed next time and why, and to make sure in particular that we're clear about the intention so what was the purpose of this part of the meeting? What was the process that we deployed to get there? And what was the product, the outcome that we were looking to get from that? And did we achieve that or did we go back to following another interesting inquiry? Most teams at a senior level have the same problem. They lack discipline. And the discipline is to set an intention to understand the link between the thing that we're talking about and our core purpose to set a very clear process and to stick with it and to notice when you've gone away from it and to actually get an outcome, something that makes progress for the business. Teams that I get the chance to work with, and we both have, who get very, very good at being efficient as teamwork people, 
find that they get through a far larger amount of business. In fact, one of the ways of measuring senior team performance is to ask yourself the simple question, how productive is the team in terms of its outcomes? Are we seeing things coming off the end of the assembly line from teamwork that we can say, yes, we've now got a business plan. We've now got a go-to-market plan. We're now really clear about our routes to market. We're very clear about how we're going to hire the right people and engage them. And you can see this work emerging from them because they have this happy skill that they've mastered of being productive. Fantastic. And if you have to help us conclude three top tips for skating CEOs out there, what will those be? What a lovely question. So the first tip is if you're going to lead other people, the place to start is to start by leading yourself. So this is the observer self. I watch myself. I watch where I'm engaged, how I'm working with my colleagues, where I get hooked, what I'm reacting to. I lead myself. I think about all the resources I have and I deploy them in the right way. The second skill is to watch how we are working as a team. This is the team observer self. So I take time to actually reflect how we are working as a team. And the third thing I do is I make sure that I'm thinking more widely about the organization's trajectory. How are we scaling up? Because that's the name of the game for Frog. Fantastic. And if I can add one element to it, say do it once a year at least. Yeah. Thank you very much, John. You can find more content from John at frogcapital.com slash team development, as well as many other scale-up insights and toolkits from our other Frog operating partners. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up for the podcast at frogcapital.com slash podcast. And finally, thank you for listening. We welcome all feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for us to cover in future episodes. So please email how to scale at frogcapital.com. Frog invests in purpose-driven European software scale-ups, making a positive impact on society. We look for businesses who have reached product market fit and are generating over 3 million euros of annual recurring revenue, what we see as a characteristic of the scale-up phase. It's a stage where businesses are continuing the path of positive growth, a purpose-driven route to sustainability and profitability. Our own purpose is to help scale the most exciting purpose-driven software companies in Europe. We do this with both Capital and our in-house team of operating partners who work closely with all the companies we invest in to overcome the inevitable challenges scale-ups face.